You're listening to Art Affairs, episode 44. Today I'll be talking to Linnea Stried. So my name's Michael Faith, and this is Art Affairs. Art Affairs is my attempt at shining a spotlight on the many wonderful people that make up this amazing art community, featuring conversations with artists, gallerists, curators, telling their stories. You can dig through previous episodes, complete with show notes at artaffairspodcast.com. But the best way to stay plugged in is to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're really enjoying the show and want to help support what I'm doing here in an even bigger way, check out the Art Affairs Patreon. Not only does it give you an opportunity to help keep the show going, but there are several community-oriented benefits as well, like getting early access to episodes and suggesting questions for upcoming guests. You can find all the information about that at patreon.com slash artaffairs. You can also connect with the show on Instagram and Facebook at Art Affairs Podcast. All right, so today's guest is artist Linnea Streed. Linnea focuses heavily on portraying both water and intense emotions, but that wasn't always the case, and we talk about how Linnea discovered her artistic voice on the show, as well as the differences in the art community she experienced between living in Sweden and then in Spain, the double-edged sword of social media, and a whole lot more. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Linnea Street. Linnea, welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you on. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. Awesome. So let's dive into your background for a little bit. Um, And from what I understand, you grew up in a small village in Sweden. Um, So what was that area like? Was it more of like a farmland? Was it rural? What was that area like? Yeah, pretty much farmland in the middle of nowhere. You know, lots of fields everywhere and and stuff in nature. Not a lot of people. Did your... What did your parents do? Were they like farmers or... Uh, no, my dad, uh, he worked as a, a, de- a developer in the paper mill industry. So mm. he was kind of um, um, self-employed and uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he invented a lot of stuff that I don't even know what, what they're about. You know, it's really complicated. <laughs> I wish I had like inherited like an inch of uh, all his uh, intelligence, but I don't know. I don't think I have. <laughs> what about your mom? Uh, well, she worked for the Swedish IRS, you could say, works with work taxes and stuff like that. But he, when she got pregnant with me, she was like, uh, I, I really don't want to work. I hate this. So I, I'm just going to stay home and take care of, uh, of my kid. And okay. uh, so she did because my dad was working a lot at the time and he was traveling and yeah. So uh, from what I understand, you you were an only child. So like living in a small town without brothers or sisters, what sort of stuff did you like to do for fun? Mostly draw and uh, paint. (laughs) I did that from a really early age. I started drawing when I was like two years old and I continued to do that. What sparked that interest in you? Were were your parents artistic? Uh, Yeah, I mean, my dad uh, always did art when I grew up. We used to like draw and paint together. You know, he, we took an art class together at, when I was like 11, I think. I started, uh, it was like an oil painting class. 
that he and I took together and it was fun. And uh, my mom, uh, I don't know, not really into the art. I mean, she loved art, always, always have, but she's not making art herself. But she's still a pretty creative person, I think. Were they both pretty supportive of, of your interest in the arts? Is it something they encouraged? Oh, yeah, they absolutely. They always told me like they, <laughs> they wanted me to be like a, a painter, a musician and a writer. That would be like their dream. You know, <laughs> <of> me, <laughs> all so. three or one of those? <laughs> no, all three. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of pressure. And I was like, I'm sorry, I could only be a painter. Like. <laughs> um, so, I mean, were there it sounds like you, you had uh, opportunities to take classes. Was that something that you had available in school, even though it was a small town to, to learn art? Uh, not really, you know, it was just uh, the regular stuff. We always uh, had the possibility to have like an hour of drawing or something like that in school, but it was nothing serious, you know. So, yeah, unfortunately. So as a kid, like your entire childhood, did you, was it always your aim to be an artist? Was that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, always. I, I don't know, I had this naive idea of how it would be to be an artist, you know, it's like, yeah. It's gonna be fine. I didn't see any any issues at all, and my parents were always like, "Yeah, of course, of course." And I was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be great." <laughs> I, I had no idea. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you were sixteen, like midway through your teen teen years, um, your family moved to southern Spain, which seems yeah. like a very different atmosphere um, from what you kind of grew up in. Yes. What was the reason for that move? What led that move? Well, they they bought a small vacation house there in 96, I think. And uh, yeah, we just went there over the summers and uh, for holidays and stuff. And uh, after some years, they realized that my father was always traveling and he was sometimes more in other countries than he was in Sweden with us. So we felt like, well, we should we could just move to another country and that would be the same, you know. And uh, <laughs> I was pretty tired of move, of living where I was living because of the size of the place we lived. And yeah, it, I don't know, the, the narrow mindedness of a lot of people there kind of made me feel like an outsider. And uh, yeah, I was I was ready to to move to another place and just see something different, you know, and my parents felt the same way. So. So, yeah, we moved there. <laughs> Did you know Spanish at all before you moved? No, not at all. But we, I went to a Swedish school there. But I, <laughs> I went from one place where I didn't feel, feel like I fit in to another place where I feel, felt like I didn't fit in. So uh, because there was a lot of rich people going to that school and I was not from a rich family at all. And uh, I kind of felt like, yeah, this punk rock kid you know in this place where everyone's super pretty and you know <laughs> not all of them of course and they were more than just their parents but you know I felt like I didn't belong there and so I I started hanging up with Spanish people that wasn't in the school and um, yeah that I felt were more like into arts and music and you know the same kind of music that I was in so was the ac- access to the arts and art community um different in Spain compared to what you'd experienced growing up? Yeah, absolutely. It was like there were galleries everywhere and the exhibitions and everyone was just so into art, you know, and everyone was 
you know, they they saw me painting and they were like, oh, you should show here, you know, and I was like, I was only 16 and still they were so welcoming to me, you know, everyone it was like, oh, you have such talent. Oh, this is great. You need to show here. And I was like, oh, yay. Like, finally. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had a blast there. I so many opportunities. I had my first solo show there when I was 19 and it was like, yeah, they just gave me the opportunity, you know, and yeah, that was gonna, I was going to ask you about that. You you started showing at sixteen in in like two thousand. Yeah. So like, how did how did you first start getting your work noticed by galleries? Like, it's different if your friends are kind of encouraging you, but then how did the galleries actually start noticing and you get those opportunities? I think they were like you could uh, submit to the galleries and they would take you in. Like, mm. but you didn't have to pay anything, you know, because now normally there's like a like there's a fee you have to pay to be able to apply at all. But they were just like, oh, show us what you got, and you can show here. And I was like, okay, <laughs> and they they were fine, you know. They were very, I don't know, very a very positive uh, environment there, and uh, yeah. So, so you, that that ended up leading to you having your first solo show, like three years later at, at nineteen. Yeah. Was it that same kind of um, community that encouraged you to kind of ultimately get a, a solo show going? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was uh, my first solo show. Were actually at the Spanish uh, Spanish uh, Swedish Spanish Association, I think it was called, and they were regularly having like group shows because a lot of their members were. Um, into art collecting art and sh and making art and they just i don't know i don't it was so long ago but i i don't remember how it happened but i think i don't know if they asked me to be part or if i i reached out to them you know so did you did you end up learning spanish before you moved back yeah i did yeah but now it's all <laughs> i've forgotten a lot about it sadly <laughs> yeah it was sad Right on. So you ended up moving back to Sweden in, in 2004, like the year after your, your solo show there. What, what prompted the move back to Sweden? Uh, I don't know. We had lived there for five years and uh, we were all a bit, you know, homesick, I guess, in some way. I don't, I don't know how it happened, but we were all like, no, nah, I think we're ready to like go back to Sweden again. And my mother were concerned. She were concerned because I was kind of uh, forgetting Swedish because I was speaking Spanish all the time with my Spanish boyfriend and my his parents and all my Spanish friends, so she was like, "You're you're not going to like your Swedish your Swedish language is going to like stay at a certain level, you know, and you're not going to grow grow up speaking uh, Swedish." You know what I mean? Yeah. So she uh, she was a bit concerned, I and mean, she was like, "Maybe maybe we need to move back to to Sweden so you can like grow up and be a Swede." Also, because now you have the, the Spanish part of you and you, you know, and I, I agreed. Yeah, but, I, but I, I, I love Spain. I still have it in my heart. You know, I haven't been there for ages, but I'm, I'm still like part Spanish. <laughs> I love that place. Yeah, it was a great place to grow up. Yeah, no doubt. It sounds like it, it kind of was at the right time, too, it feels like. Yeah, um, yeah. When you moved back, did you move back to the same small town that you'd grown up in or did you move to more of an urban environment? Uh, I actually uh, moved to the city where I live now, and I lived there for uh, three years, I think. I was uh, I was going to um, here in Sweden. We don't have we have like these uh, preparatory art schools that you go to before you're even able to apply to an art college. So this was like yeah, and it's really easy to get in. You know, it's like you you pay a small fee of like. Uh, I don't know how much it was, like 
$500 maybe for a year and you can go there, you know, and uh, it's pretty easy to get in. And um, I went for, for, yeah, I think for two years at one, at one school and then two years at another school. And uh, I was hoping to get into an art college eventually, but you know, I never got in. So (laughs) (laughs) I applied for like, I don't know, for five times or something like that and uh, they always rejected me so i i was Mm. like (laughs) okay maybe i'm not not good enough and i thought uh, maybe i should do something else so i started uh, i went to uh, the university to study uh, languages i thought maybe since i spoke spanish so well i thought maybe i could be a translator or something like that so i did that for two years i think and then I uh, realized that it was not my calling because I <laughs> I got sad because I didn't have any time to do uh, art. So I was like, no, screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be an artist, and I don't I don't care. Like I, I have enough money saved up so I can be an artist. And I can work as an artist for one year. This was in 2009, and I decided to just go for it. And uh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> Are there aspects of a formal art education that that you feel like you you wished you had or that you missed out on? I mean, I the thing about school is that I always felt like I I I learned better by myself. It's very difficult for me to take in what others are trying to teach me for some reason. I don't know why I'm I'm a bit self-absorbed like that. I don't know. <laughs> It's, I don't know why it's, uh, it's strange, but school, it's kind of, it's not for me, you know, I, I like it when I, when I'm able to figure things out by myself, it's like trial and error, trying things out. It's like, this is not working. Why is it not working? And if I'm doing something completely off, I'm just, okay, I'm just like, look it up on the internet or talk with someone that I respect and they will teach me, you know? <laughs> so is, is that how you kind of went about learning your craft was, was yeah. just kind of just practice, practice, practice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I always, I was thought I, I knew what I was doing, but maybe I didn't. <laughs> and maybe that was why I didn't get in in the first place, because I, I had this great confidence in myself since my parents were always so supportive and from in school, everyone was so nice, always telling me, oh, you're so good. You're so good at drawing. You're so good at painting. So I thought I was like, yeah, I was really good at it. Maybe I had some talent for it, but in the end, you know, uh, making art is also about having uh, a direction and knowing what your, what you, what your art is about, not only making the craft, but also like, having an idea about what you want to say, what you want to communicate, you know? Sure. And I I was kind of a bit lost in that aspect. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, ah, I like to make a portrait, so I make a portrait and then I paint a dog. And it's like, I don't know, it didn't really make any sense. And I think the art schools maybe saw that and thought like, okay, she, she, know, she knows her craft, but she's like, she doesn't really have a, a voice, you know? Like she doesn't have anything to say. How did you go about, like, was that something that you realized at one point? Or is it just something that you kind of think about in retrospect? In retrospect. I definitely mm-hmm. see it now. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, of course I didn't get in because I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And <laughs> it's so clear now, you know, when I've been doing it for a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually know now, like, now I know what my art is about. I know now what I want to say you know, what's important for me and what I'm, what I'm doing, you know, but back then I, uh, yeah. <laughs> how did you, how do you feel that you made that 
eventual discovery, if it wasn't sort of a, a watershed moment where you suddenly realized, aha, this is what it's about, how did you get it over time? Uh, well, I, I started, uh, the thing I'm doing mostly is I'm making these portraits and they're mixed with water and stuff like that. Uh, and they, they're about a lot of emotions, a lot of personal emotions, things that I'm going through. And uh, in the beginning, it was uh, it was just an idea that got to me like, oh, maybe I should paint paint myself in water, you know, like that would be cool. That could be a fun challenge for me to do, like try to paint myself like, oh, maybe I'm drowning. That could be fun. Like, oh, that's a bit <laughs> like morbid, you know, I, I've, I've always been to been into like art like that. It's a bit weird or scary or like evokes something, you know, in me. And so hey, I should try that. And then um, I did that and I, I thought it was fun, you know, and I just kept going. And then I, I became this water portrait person, you know, I just went with it for years. And then uh, something happened to me in 2014 and 2015 that really like shook me as a person. And it was kind of a traumatic experience. It had to do with my first son that I had in a past relationship. And uh, that it just... I don't know. It, it it broke me down completely as a person, and I I had to build myself up, and uh, I was using my art to do, to do that, to uh, figure out like why why am I doing this and who am I and what do I have to live for. So uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from that. I was painting like uh, fifteen, sixteen hours a day because it was the only thing that made any sense to me at the time. I was, yeah, I was pretty depressed and uh, didn't, I didn't have any, I, di I didn't have a death wish, but I didn't have any reason to live, if you put it that way. And art was the only thing that made me uh, happy, you know, so I just focused on that. And then my, my emotional portraits became about something else. They were, they were really about me then and what I was feeling and what I was going through. And it, it became really important for me to just, it was the only way I could like let my emotions out, you know? Hmm. So that's uh, where, where it started, <laughs> the awakening of uh, who I really am as an artist, you know? And uh, yeah, and now time has passed and I, I, I f I'm happy now and I feel a lot better, but it's still, uh, it's still a part of me. That, that thing that I, that I went through and uh, I'm still going through in some way. So early on, when you were first getting started, um, you were come back to Sweden. Um, I guess having shown in Spain and becoming familiar with that art scene in Spain, was it an adjustment to start kind of looking for places to show in Sweden? Are those kind of art communities different? Was that a weird transition? Yeah, I felt maybe that the art scene in Sweden is more... Um uh, like the people here aren't as uh, positive about art in general and they're they're more focused on who you are as a person and uh, what art degree you have and uh, when I started out in Spain no one cared about how old I was what I had done you know how if I went to a school they were just focused on the art but once I got back to Sweden they was always like yeah and where did you study where did you get your degree like Mm. What well, what's on your resume, you know, and it wasn't really about the art anymore. So uh, that was different. <laughs> I still tried, you know, I, I always, from the beginning, it was always important for me to show anywhere, 
like when you're starting out, I think it's important to just you shouldn't feel above any anything. You should be like in a coffee shop or whatever. Just any opportunity to show your work is is good, you know. So that's uh, that's what I did. <laughs> and also, I I felt it was really important to be uh, online very early, like in all the platforms that I since it was kind of difficult in Sweden to to get out and to reach everyone. I thought that it was maybe a good thing to be on online on different platforms and show my work there. Is is that how you ultimately like connected with with Andrew and the folks at ThinkSpace to get your US debut? You know, I actually don't know exactly how they found out about me. Um I know that he I mean Andrew wrote me an email like in late 2009 and then uh, got back to me in yeah, I think in or was it in late 2008? I don't remember. And uh, it was just like <laughs> a dream come true, <laughs> obviously. And uh, but I, I think it was because I had a very strong presence on uh, like platforms like Flickr was very popular back then. I also submitted to uh, Juxtapos on uh, their um, online uh, version. They always had like, yeah, you can send us your your paintings and we'll show them. You, we will feature you maybe. And I did that, and they made me a feature. I don't know if they found out about me there. I, I really don't know. I should I should ask them sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and after that first show with them in, in 2011, you know, you showed uh, several times since then um, in both solo exhibitions and group shows. Is it important to you to have a strong gallery relationship like that? Do you feel like it's a necessary component of? You know, an artist artist's career in 2021? I think uh, it's, I, I love working with galleries. I, I still do, but I have uh, dialed it back a bit because I was, I was getting a bit burned out on uh, always making big, big uh, paintings and sending them off. It's really expensive to ship all over the, the world, you know, sitting here in Sweden and sending stuff to California. It gets quite expensive. And, and then maybe you don't sell and uh, it's a huge bummer if you've been working on something for, for months, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, relax a bit and do... But, but I still love uh, having a good relationship with galleries. It's, it's important to me, yeah. And I only work with the galleries, of course, that are, are nice. And, uh, yeah, that you have a good vibe with. And, and so you, you also mentioned social media and your kind of early adoption of social media. How do you feel about social media's, I guess, role in the modern career of an artist? Like, how, how important is it and how... Uh, potentially negative is it are there goods and bads like how, what's your perception of social media i think i think it's <laughs> it's a two-edged sword for sure it's like it's not all positive because it can be because of the algorithm and everything it can be very difficult for artists who aren't really big yet or hasn't gotten the opportunity you know they it's just yeah it can be I, i'm sure it can feel pretty hope, hopeless if you if you're starting out and you don't get visible, you know, uh, I'm lucky because I got, I got seen pretty early. I don't have a huge following, but I'm, I'm still have the, the big enough following for me to be able to, uh, I don't know, support myself, you know, and uh, sell my art in- independently if I, if I want to, you know, Sure. so that's a, that's actually a huge relief. And I, I don't know how an artist go about things these days without social media, to be honest. If they only, I don't know, I don't think I know any artist who is just only relying on the gallery to do everything for them. That's kind of rare these days. 
And the galleries also uh, tell you to always be like, yeah, you need to promote this. The shows we're doing, you need to promote it. It's like you, you have the equal responsibility as the gallery to, uh, to promote it online and on uh, all the platforms, you know. Yeah, it's important. Do you like um, schedule time within your day to do social media things? Is it something that has like a formal <laughs> presence in your schedule? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I have to. And and some days I get a bit stressed out. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't posted anything in, in three days. I'm just <laughs> like, Whoa. you know, because I feel like, uh, yeah, it can become a bit stressful. It can. Like if I, if I, I rarely feel like I can, I, that I can take a day off, you know, from social media. It's always there, like in the back of my head, like you should need, you need to make something and post it. You know, you need to mm. post something. You need to be there. People need to see you, you know. I don't know. I, sometimes I wish I could just unplug everything and just like shut everything off, but I can't. <laughs> it's fun too, but it, it's, it can be stressful. So, Well, and that's what I wonder is like what kind of effect that's having on people's just thought process, how the, their brain works. I mean, there's just so much that we don't know about the long-term impacts of yeah, on anxiety on, you know. Yeah. Um, so like we, we talked a little bit about kind of the, you know, you kind of went into a little bit about the, the voice that you developed over time and, and, and some of that being the results of some tragedy in your own personal life. Um, one thing that that obviously is a huge thematic for you is water. And you talk, you mentioned that a little bit, but I guess how did that become, I guess, how did that become a big, a big focus for you? How did you first kind of land on that as, Oh, wow, I'm going to do that. Like that's something that I can tackle. Yeah. That was, like I said before, it was just that, that day when I, I was actually out walking my dog and I saw this big puddle of water and it, it looked kind of eerie, you know, it was like, I just, you know, when I walked my dog, I could always like get into weird thoughts. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like a body in that, in that <laughs> pool of water, you know, in the field. Like, wow, that would be so scary. And I was like, yeah, maybe I should try to paint that. Or maybe I should paint, try to paint someone drowning or, or myself drowning. Like it was, it was tickling my imagination, like what, what that would look like. And then I, I was thinking about, uh, how that also would represent myself drowning in uh, in all the the pressure in my life around being an artist how difficult it actually was being an artist you know trying to make money and uh, make something that you that you want to make but also something that uh, that people want and they that people want to buy and want to own and <laughs> and uh, yeah that in a sense it would be like a a feeling of drowning and um yeah, and I have gotten comments. Uh, it, they are rare, but occasionally I get comments like, "Oh, you're promoting suicide by painting that," and I'm like, "That's not what it's about. I don't know what yeah. you're trying to <laughs> project." But <laughs> yeah. So has I guess the importance of water or what it represents in your work evolved over time? I mean, if it was originally about like you know the feelings of drowning and being overwhelmed, has that changed over the course of your career? Yeah, of course, when I, when I was going through that depression, a lot of it was, the focus was on how the water was tears, but I wouldn't make it as obvious as only the tears on my face, but it was just like the tears, but they were, it was so much sadness, so much sadness that it was just like flowing over me, like it was flooding, flooded with tears, you know, like in the shower. So yeah, that's how it kind of evolved. 
I mean, water in general, I, I feel like that's a difficult thing to paint, like as a non-painter. So, you know, forgive yeah. my naivety, <laughs> no, but okay. um, just the way it interacts with the world around it, it's very different from solid things, right? It re- yeah. reflects and ref- refracts light in different ways, how it flows over things. So like that's a completely different set of challenges, I would imagine. Um, I guess, how did how did you learn that? Like, how did, I guess, first, did you enjoy the challenge of it? And that was what part of what attracted you to it? And then how did you, like, figure that out? Yeah, it was, it, that was exactly how it started. Like, I felt like this is something I really want to learn how to do well. Because I, I if you look at uh, artists who really know how to paint water, it's just like, it's mind-blowing. How, how are they doing that? I was thinking that. I was just like, I, I want to be able to do that somehow. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. And the the first painting I did, it was, uh, yeah, it was a struggle. It took me, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It took me, like, two months to do something that today I would make in, like, two weeks if I had the time and focus, you know. So yeah, I learned to, <laughs> I learned to do it faster and I think I've gotten better at it too, but I, I, I really haven't like, like I said, I haven't really gone to a school learning how to do it. It's just been practice, practice, practice and sitting with something, doing it like 15, 16 hours a day in the end, you, you know how to do it in the, in your sleep, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, in, in addition to water, obviously, um, figures, you know, people are um, a, a constant thematic for you as well, and often yourself. And, and like you said earlier, these are often kind of reflections of your own feelings and emotions. Um, I guess, has that been difficult at all, just exposing yourself in that way and kind of opening your, yourself up and the vulnerability that comes with that? Um, not really. I'm kind of, um, I mean, I'm an introvert, so I'm not like super social with people but i have a a tendency of really uh, being able to open up about anything so it wasn't that hard and also i've used myself a lot because i don't i don't spend a lot of time with other people (laughs) (laughs) so it's easier for me to just oh i get an idea about what i want to do i can just like take some reference pictures of myself and paint it straight away, you know, because I don't, that's another thing about this. I don't, I don't like to wait when I have like these ideas that come to me. I don't want to sit around and wait for someone to send me pictures or to go and and decide with someone to go to a place and shoot some reference photos in two weeks, you know, when I want to do it now, I kind of like eager to, to get to work, you know, and that's why I use myself because I'm so, I'm always there, you know, like, oh, that's my face again. I, whatever, you know, I can use it. <laughs> I'm sure you've gotten used to painting yourself, I guess, a lot of you, yeah. you do it in your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because I, I, I enjoy my own face so much. It's just because I'm always, I'm always available. That's basically what it is. <laughs> For the ones that aren't of you, um, are they generally people that you know and, and have some familiarity with? Yeah, most of them. Some of them I, I barely know at all. They're just people that I, you know, acquaintances online or something like that that I get to know a bit. I'm like, wow, you're really inspiring. Like you have a very, and it feels like they understand me and my vision, you know, and we connect like that instantly and they're really easy and I can just like, Hey, can I paint you, please? And I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> but a lot of people are also like um, friends I have. A lot of them are online friends. I have a lot of online friends, <laughs> like artists, other artists I paint. 
Do you feel that that when you do know the person really well, that it helps make the piece stronger and makes it to where you can, yeah. I guess, represent them in a more faithful way, both in terms of, of appearance, but also just emotion and expression? Yeah, of course. Of course. It's always easier if you know the person and, and if you met them in person, because it's, it's hard. If you only have seen a person like in a, in a photo once, it's very hard to get it. Like, who, who is this person? What who are they? You know, it's uh, it's just adds another layer to uh, to the piece if you know the person. But if I don't know them, it's it's also fine. You know, a, a photo, a reference in itself can be very inspiring to me, and just just the way the the light hits the person and uh, yeah, the shadows and the colors and it can be yeah, just as inspiring. <laughs> are you still um? telling stories about yourself even when it's other people or are you telling trying to tell their stories in some way i i think it's mostly uh, about myself <laughs> i mean i i can tell other people's stories as well and find them uh, equally fascinating but it's easiest for me to tell stuff about me and and my own story and sometimes that's also why i see other people and I'm like, you're very inspiring to me because I connect with them and I can see myself in them in a way. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's all focus on me and my story. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's natural. I think that's that's what yeah. you're most comfortable and intimately familiar yeah. with. So I, think I, ju- makes... I just want to, I, I want to be truthful and honest in my work and be mm. like, this is, it, it would be strange for me to try to st- tell someone else's story because they know their stories best, you know, sure. and uh how, I guess one thing that I've I've talked to a few people about, um, and it, it's always folks that I see have a, a strong kind of narrative backbone to their work, is is it important to you that your audience, I guess, understands your intent and the story that you're wanting to tell through your work? Or does that not matter so much and it's more about just getting those feelings out there and letting it them interpret it however they will? Oh, it's, uh, it doesn't really matter to me if they understand exactly what I, what I want to say. It's, uh, I want everyone to have their own interpretation of, of my work. I, because that's how I, I, what I like about other people's art as well. I want to see a, a piece. Of course, it's nice if you have like, like a little story about it, you know, and they tell you. But, but it's equally as nice to just make up your own things in your own head, like... I don't know. It's uh, yeah. So for me, it doesn't matter if they I, I, people can connect to my work in other ways, and that's that's fine. You know, I just need, I just need to have my therapy. You know, like this is my therapy. <laughs> I need to put out these paintings. <laughs> no, I get that. Um, have you had any people tell you about interesting interpretations that you've never really thought of before? Yeah, one was the the suicide uh, aspect. Oh, okay. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I did not see that coming, but <laughs> you know that was that was probably the weirdest uh, thing anyone ever told me, and I think it even happened twice. And I and I re- I really remember it strongly. Like, I it was just baffling to me. <laughs> but but it's okay, you know, if they feel that, feel that way. But I I don't know. I felt like they were accusing me of of being a bad person. And <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's strange. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if that's their interpretation and you know, um, that's what they take away from it. But to turn it back around on you, I think that's inappropriate. Um, (laughs) 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 
what's the starting point for your work? Like, how do you develop ideas for a new piece uh, or a new like body of work if it's a larger um, like a show? Uh, do you do, like start with sketching at all? Do you have a journal? Like, what do you where do you typically start? Yeah, I have a journal where I put on ideas like scribbles. I don't do a lot of sketching before I start. I, I usually just put down like uh, often when I go to sleep. <laughs> a lot of ideas come to me and I like uh, I write it down in my phone when I'm half asleep like oh yeah that's that's gonna be a great great painting and then I <laughs> fall asleep in the morning I'm like what <laughs> what's this <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> sometimes it, turn out, it turns out okay <laughs> but yeah usually just uh, writing down notes and uh, different ideas that come to me and uh and then just, you, I can also just like start taking photos and then they can go in one direction or another, you know, as I, as I go along, like, oh, I should try that. Oh, maybe I should try that, you know. Well, that's interesting. So the photo shoots can also be sort of an idea generation tool. Yeah, for yeah, exactly. Exactly. For the ones that um, are of you, do you take the photos of yourself? Like, do you have like a tripod set up or like, how do you how do you do that? I usually take them myself. It's really hard. Uh, not the ones where I'm underwater. They are very difficult to take by myself. But uh, and they're awfully uncomfortable as well <laughs> <laughs> to take. But the ones, yeah, when it's like uh, uh, shower portraits or where I have water in my face or just making stupid faces, I, I usually take myself. So, yeah, <laughs> using a tripod or, or just putting it on a stand somewhere and how does it work with, I mean, you're pouring liquid. I mean, are you actually like pouring water over your head when yeah. you're taking? And yeah. so how do you capture that? Do you have it set up on like a timer and you just have it yeah. continuously take photos? Like- yep, <laughs> that's how I do it. <laughs> it's it's not very glamorous. Interesting. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's just like it's those days when I'm like, okay, I need to be alone. No one should be at home when I'm doing this or interrupt <laughs> me because it's, it's very awkward, you know. <laughs> That's funny. What about yeah. for other people when it's when it's pictures of other people? Um, are you pouring water on their heads? Or are they pouring water <laughs> on their heads? Like well, what is yeah, that? It has happened sometimes uh, when I have photo shoots with friends and uh, I'm just. But I, I'm very bad at directing people too. I'm mm. just. I get really awkward with that. I'm just like I don't want to tell people what to do. I don't. I don't like being a boss like that. Like oh, do that. Do a pose like that. Maybe you can. Uh, you know, that's hard for me. I'm more like. Um, like oh, do your thing I'll, I'll take some photos meanwhile you're doing you may be like yeah try try whatever whatever you want <laughs> then <laughs> something, <laughs> something will turn out good I know that <laughs> and they usually do and uh, when it's people that I like people like friends I have in the US or something and I tell them like yeah can you send me some photos maybe are you feeling inspired maybe you can take some pictures when you take a bath you know <laughs> <laughs> That's an and, awkward uh, conversation. Yeah, I know, have. I know. <laughs> but they're usually very cool, and they're like, "Yeah, of course." Like, yeah, I'm gonna take a shower later. I can take you some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess what uh, do you, when you go into a photo shoot that you're actually present for? Um, do you go into those with an idea of poses already in mind that you want to try and try out, or is it just sort of organically develop as you're there? I have a slight idea of what I'm after, but it, it usually develops, you know, in the, while we're doing it. And uh, sometimes it can turn out like way different than I, something that I had in mind. And that uh, can actually be a very good thing. 
And also getting the getting the input from the model is also like they they usually have some really good ideas. When once you have a good um, kind of collection of photos that you're happy with, what's the next step in your your process? Do you do you draw out like refined drawings first, or do you just kind of jump right into to, to oil? I usually I usually do a pretty uh, do a pretty refined uh, drawing, and then I trace it upon the. I put the drawing on top of the the panel or the canvas, and I trace it out. So, and then I start painting it. And you work pretty pretty, uh, you know, mostly in oil. I, I was going to say exclusively, but you've also done watercolor and, and other things as well. I guess, but about oil, what is it that you like about working in oil? Ooh, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know why. It's it's always been very easy for me. I I was trying out acrylics for a while. That was like. 2006 I tried out acrylics and I was just like oh my god this is this is terrible it doesn't dry it, it dries instantly and it it changes color and I can mix it the way I want and it was just like a, uh, it was a nightmare so uh, I don't know <laughs> it's just been it's always been my go-to you know in the when I started out like a teen like when I was like 10 11 12 I was always drawing making pencil drawings and uh, color pencil drawings. And that was my thing back then. Uh, but as time has progressed, I'm, less, I'm just like, what's my favorite medium? It's, it's definitely the oils. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why, because it's, uh, I mean, it's expensive, but at the same time, I use, I use very thin layers when I paint. So it doesn't, I don't waste a lot of paint. I usually, <laughs> I can, I have some tubes that I, that I got, when I was like 20 still and I'm older now so <laughs> that's cool what um, um I guess you also work in you've worked in watercolor right I, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah. that I saw do you like working in watercolor is it something that you enjoy too I usually work with watercolors when I'm a bit burned out on oils when I feel like I'm a bit stuck or I don't have inspiration or I just feel like oh I'm so tired of this you know it's just I don't know I feel like I'm in a rut somehow um, I need to break free from that feeling and then I'm like huh ah, now it's time for the watercolor because it's so different from uh, from oils. It just doesn't behave in any way that you want. You just do whatever it pleases. And uh, if you're lucky, it turns <laughs> out good, you know. <laughs> At least that's how it is for me because I'm, uh, yeah. So is there, I guess, going to watercolor when you're not feeling inspired by oils, is, there, is it because there's something inherently positive about watercolors or is it just because it's not oils? Uh, I mean, I think I, I, I like watercolors. It's just, it's not just because it's not oils, but it's, it's because it's, it behaves so differently. And because I, I have a lot of respect for, uh, artists who do watercolor and they know how to master it well. I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I wish I could become that good, you know, and know how to work it perfectly. But I, I know that I won't because I don't have the time or energy for that. But <laughs> every now and again, I, I like to do it just because, I don't know, it's just, it's relaxing. It's a bit meditative, you know, it's just like you, you let things happen. It's just nice. Yeah. <laughs> Are there other mediums that you'd like to explore someday? Yeah, definitely more watercolors. I would like to do that. And uh, every now and again, I get into get into sculpting, and I want to do like try to sculpt more. That would be fun. But it's also something that I really don't have the time 
to do mm. as it is right now. <laughs> what kind of sculpting is it? Clay, like clay sculpting? Yeah, yeah, clay or you know, I, I don't know. There are a lot of different clays that I <laughs> haven't tried. You know, I have zero zero experience with it. But I will, yes, maybe one day when I retire. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about oil, um, in particular, though, is it, it's it can be toxic, right? So, do you, does it? I guess where's your studio? Do you have a studio in your home, or is it de- you know a dedicated studio outside your home? Yeah, well, actually, I've always had a studio in my home, and it hasn't been an issue until now when I have a toddler. He's <laughs> uh, almost two now, and he's very curious about everything. So, mm. I have actually gotten a studio in the basement of our apartment building that I'm renting that I'm, I will be moving down there shortly and <laughs> I will get my paints in peace and uh, it will all be fine because now it's a bit chaotic with him running all over and wanting to eat stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and throw things around. So, um, but it's also a thing about the toxicity is that I don't use a lot of solvents at all. Actually, I, I don't, I just use the paint as it is. I don't use like thinners or, you know, stuff like that so i try to keep it at the minimum <laughs> right right i guess has um well, since you i was going to ask you about um how your process or or your your environment might have changed since the onset of covid but if you're working mm. at home it probably hasn't changed a whole lot no it hasn't <laughs> <laughs> I, no honestly it hasn't it, it, the only thing that has changed is that my husband has been working from home every now and again you know in periods so it's been more like yeah, I have to be a bit more quiet around here because it's like on the phone talking and I'm just like, oh, okay. So maybe my kid and I can't run around and make noises all the time like we like we do when I'm not working. So, <laughs> but, but except from that, it's, it's been the same, to be okay. honest. I, I have been doing better. Uh, I've been selling more work than, than normal, which is a positive thing um, this year. But apart from that, it hasn't changed. <laughs> Do you think that is a result of COVID or, I mean... Could be. I don't know. Why Why do you think, I guess, what do you think about the pandemic might have driven that, uh, you know, yeah, I've been, traffic? Yeah, I have been thinking about that. And I think uh, one one part of it can be that, uh, well, people are a bit bored. They're at home more. They, they're like, what should I do? And, you know, internet shopping online has become, yeah, a bigger part of people's lives during this time. And I also think that um, they have they they can't at least in Sweden we have like this uh, people usually go on paid vacation like four weeks every every summer and uh, now they can't do that because <laughs> the borders are shut and they have been forced to stay at home so they're like what am I going to do with this money that I'm saving up you know and they uh, they can spend it on something now that's not like a trip or a, I don't know, they don't need a new car because where are they going? You know, <laughs> I don't know. They're also like at home looking at their walls. And yeah, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, yeah. Interior decorating stuff like that has become more important, I think as well. So it could be a factor. I, I noticed that you've, you've, uh, you know, looking back through your, your Instagram feed, you started doing several of these paintings a day. Um, I don't know if that's something that you're still keeping up with, but is that something that you started just in the wake of COVID just to keep you busy? I guess it had more to do with my, uh, uh, me being on parental leave or what you could call it, because I'm not actually on parental leave. I'm always working, but I, I'm also taking care of a kid. 
and it was just a way for me to uh, get something, as a paint something kind of fast when he was napping. I was like, okay, so I have two hours now, so I can like paint something fast, and then I can like, you know, if someone wants it, you know, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and if not, it's also okay because I at least I have, uh, I I don't get rusty, you know, I get to make stuff. <laughs> it's harder to uh, meet deadlines when you're like in a uh, when you don't know how much you're going to be able to work because of your kid. So it's uh, so I need to have deadlines kind of far away and know when they're coming like okay so I have that I can't do something for like th three weeks from now because I'm not gonna have time for that but I can do something in two hours and just like that's not that I don't have to put as much energy into I don't know if I if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah no I think that makes sense and and I guess have those smaller pieces um inspired you to create larger like full-sized finished pieces out of them like yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah because I started out really small like only a few inches and then uh, because that's what I had time with then and now as I have more time to work I they have uh, become bigger and bigger <laughs> so yeah but but in the end I'm actually pretty happy with making smaller work right now if it isn't for like a commission or something I can do something big because I know it would be worthwhile but putting a lot of hours into something that eventually might not sell it's I don't know. It doesn't feel as appealing right now. So I'm taking it easy with that. <laughs> and how do you, I know you, you mentioned that you do commissions and I was going to ask you about that. How, how do, um, how do your commissions work? Is it something that, that people um, kind of reach out to you on social media? Like how do they go about requesting a commission? Yeah, usually like that. People reach out to me on Instagram or on Facebook. Sometimes they email me, but these days it's usually via social media. And they just ask me like, well, sometimes they want, they want a pet painted or sometimes they want something that is more in my style. Like, can you make something like a water portrait or whatever? You know, I'm, I'm actually happy to try pretty much anything when it comes to commissions. I know a lot of artists don't, don't really like commissions because they can be kind of hard and, you know, the the buyer wants to be there and decide and uh, point out stuff that you need to change and, you know, and, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you, so when people come to you, do they usually have a fully like fleshed out idea of exactly what they want or is it more organic where they give you some amount of freedom to kind of take it where you want it? Oh, that really depends. Sometimes they you know exactly what they want and I'm just very restricted in in what I can do you know there's no artistic freedom at all you know and sometimes they they just say like oh just do your thing it will be fine you know <laughs> so it's can yeah it really differs and so do you do you still take the ones that are super restrictive because I, I feel like that would be a little stifling um uh, yeah yeah I I mean I I try to yeah. uh, if if it turns out I mean I think uh, there's maybe one commission that I haven't finished because it was just too too much of a struggle working with the person you know so I had to say like I'm sorry I can't continue with this but this was years ago usually I don't give up <laughs> I just like the thought of being able to make something for someone that they that they really want to have you know and if they have a very clear idea in their head what they want and I, I can try I can't get into their heads you know because and I try to explain that like I'm not I'm not a machine. I can't, I don't know what's inside your head and the vision you got. I can only like 
try to make it something similar to what you to what what you want but i don't know i I just want people to be happy what with what they get you know that's ultimately my goal (laughs) yeah absolutely are you still taking like new commissions now like if people somebody listening wanted to reach out yeah for sure sure i love uh, i yeah i love uh, commissions because yeah, I I, want, <laughs> I like to make people happy, <laughs> and uh, and I it's it's nice because it's money that you know that you will get. You know, there's no risk really in that, so I like that. It's it's great to have a nice mix of uh, commission work, uh, gallery work, and uh, work that you want to make because why not? And then if someone reach out and want to want to buy it, or I can put it in my shop, online shop or something, that's uh, I don't know. I like it like that. Like. <laughs> What's what's like the ideal mix? Like how much of your time would you like to do? Like, have you thought about percentage of a year? Like what do you prefer to work on? Hmm, that's interesting. I haven't thought about that actually because usually it's just things just happen. You know, it's like I have a in a every start of a, when a, a year new year starts, I'm I'm always thinking like okay, so this year I'm going to do this, 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 and then after the year is over, I I realize that it did not turn out like that at all because stuff happened and then it's like, okay, so I ended up doing way more gallery work than I thought I would do because I thought I would say no to a lot of things and I'm bad at at saying no. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) so, uh, I I don't know what would be the ideal percentage. Maybe maybe equal parts of the three, you know? I think and mixed up, you know, like, okay, I do a commission and then uh, work after I do a gallery piece and then I do something for myself, you know, like that. But, you know, I don't know if that happens too often, but yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, cause if you set up, you set up that goal, but then you're not good at saying no to things, then yeah, it's just going yeah. to fall apart anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about what you have coming up. Like what does the rest of uh, 2021 look like for you? Well, I have, uh, I don't know when this episode is coming, is coming out, but I have uh, a group show at uh, GR2, Giant Robot, coming nice. up. Uh, it's uh, eight times eight show. So it's like eight inches times eight inches pieces. Uh, that group show is coming up on uh, July 17th, I think. And it's up until uh, August 11th, maybe, if I'm not wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> and uh, and then I have uh, a group show at the Cactus Gallery in uh, in the fall and also on Dark Art Emporium. And then I have some... St- and also Gristle Gallery in uh, Brooklyn. And... Uh, are, these all, are these all group shows? Yes. Yes. I haven't done a solo show since 2019 because I, I just felt like I have to take a break from that. And uh, I don't know. I'm not prepared mentally for that yet. We'll see when it <laughs> when the state of, of mind returns. <laughs> right on, right on. And I guess you, you've also, you, you mentioned uh, wanting to, to kind of focus on or enjoying smaller works and, and more affordable works. And I noticed you've been focusing a lot on that lately, putting up just small works in your shop and just, you know, putting them up in your store and letting folks buy them. Is that, is that something like new for you? Is that, is that something that you just started trying out recently? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of new for me. And it's because I, uh, I realized that like what kind of person I am, uh, 
And I am a person that wants everyone to be able to afford art. I think it's wrong that only a very small percentage of uh, the population we will afford my my art and what I make. I think that's wrong. And um, because I know also that I have a lot of followers that are like students or, you know, they don't have, they are artists themselves or they, they can't afford a big piece of mine. And I'm, and I feel like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a poor, I'm a poor artist myself and I like to buy art, but I can't afford these big pieces of other artists either. And I, I just know the feeling of really wanting a piece from someone that you adore, you know, and uh, respect. And, um, yeah, so I want to put that out in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is it something you'll think you'll continue to do for a while? Yeah, I think so. I haven't updated my shop in a while now because I haven't had time. But I, I definitely want to uh, get back to that because I think it's, I don't know, it's, it, yeah, it's a lot of positivity surrounding that, you know, being able to to send out pieces to people that, you know, like, oh, this is my, I never thought I could afford a piece by you. And it's just so nice to hear that, you know, and uh, yeah. that anyone could buy a, a, an artwork, you know. <laughs> I guess, what's the best way for people to find out when you're going to be putting more of those up? Uh, I guess it's, I usually post on my Instagram when uh, when it's time. And uh, uh, my Instagram is uh, your favorite color. And it has kind of a weird spelling error in it. Oh, yeah? Because it's your, yeah, I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, it does. Yeah, well, I guess it, it's an error if you're not from the US, right? Yeah, so it's, it's favorite spelled with an U, O U, right. and color with an O only, and that's. Uh, oh right! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That was inconsistent, right? Okay, I, I get it now. And that's actually uh, that was just like <laughs> I didn't realize it either until I had only gotten the the name on Instagram when I like way back. I don't know when I got it in 2013 or something like that, and I just registered that name. And then I realized, like, oh, shit. Okay, whatever. It's okay. I didn't think Instagram was going to be a thing anyway. So I was just like, I'll, I'll stick to it. <laughs> yeah. This fly-by-night Instagram, it's just yeah. going to go away. Yeah. Um, how did, I mean, what was the background of that name? I, I'm curious about that. I don't even remember. I Honestly, I just... Uh, I, because if, I, if it was today, I would have picked my name, obviously like Linnea Steen, but I didn't. And then I, a few years ago, I was like, oh, maybe I should change. And I tr- and I checked if Linnea Steen was available, but it wasn't. And I had already changed. I have a private Instagram as well that I picked with a version of Linnea Steen. And then I have a <laughs> another Instagram with my commission work because I post commissions there that doesn't really fit my official Instagram. And it's Linnea Steen underscore art. And that's my TikTok as well because I couldn't bear put another your favorite color spelling error <laughs> out in the world. <laughs> so how do you like TikTok? That's a sort of a new platform for a lot of people. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was very hesitant about that place because I felt like, yeah, it just seems so weird, you know, with the, for kids. You know, I felt like I was kind of above that, you know, like, oh, I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous kids doing their <laughs> dance videos or whatever I get it but then I thought like no I, I it's important for me to get with the times and uh, be visible where I can because it, Instagram isn't really reliable anymore and you you never know what's going to happen with that place you know it's yeah yeah 
you don't know, it's a company, you know, they, they run it as a business and you have to be able to find new, new ways to show your work if they uh, decide to screw things up completely, you know? So I thought like, no, it's okay. I, I can just try it out and see what happens. And, uh, it's actually not too bad. I kind of like it there. It's, uh, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And people are so nice to me at least. And, uh, I actually managed to get out my videos and get like, I don't, I don't remember how many views some a video got there, but it was like over half a million views on a, a painting video I made. And I was just like, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it's starting to grow on me actually that place. And also another thing I realized is that if that place is for kids mostly and, and teenagers and, uh, I mean, that's the next generation of art lovers and art buyers, you know, and you, as an artist, you shouldn't like frown upon kids because that's the that's the future you know they are they are going to <laughs> discover art today and maybe they are going to grow up and be able to buy something one day you know you you can't be like ah oh, i i don't want to associate with the, with the kids they oh it's too <laughs> it's uh, I, i'm too good for that you know i think you should be <laughs> you should try anything you know <laughs> for sure yeah and and uh, I've, I've sort of had the same perception of of TikTok as, you know, it, it being more populated or kind of run by a younger generation, but I never frowned upon it. It was always me feeling like inadequate. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I can't, I'm not as talented as some of these people are. Like they're incredible. Like who am I? You know, so I, I feel old, but I don't frown on it because I think they're doing some great stuff. Like yeah. I just don't know that I have anything to add to that. You know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I agree. There are some really talented people on there. Seriously. <laughs> All right, so last question, and this is something that I like to ask everybody. Uh, who is one artist that you'd like to see me have on the show? Oh, yeah, that's, that was a oh, terrible question because there are so many, so many. And uh, it was so hard pick one, to pick one for me because I, I have so many artists that I love out there. But I, I've been thinking about, um, and I'm probably going to butcher her name as well because I'm not sure how she pronounces it. Uh, Jana Breik, you know her? I do know her, but I don't yeah. know if you're pronouncing it right either. Right? So I... Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but I think she's from Latvia, and uh, I just love her art. She's so amazing, and I would love to hear a conversation with, where she's talking about her, yeah, her art. Awesome, yeah, no, great choice. So, Linnea, thank you so much for coming out and chatting with me. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. It has been great. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So we cut there. So that's it for this episode of Art Affairs. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Linnea. It was really interesting to find out how the significance of water in her work has changed and evolved throughout the course of her career. How at first it was her way of, of expressing her feelings of being overwhelmed and drowning under the weight of all that she was going through. And then following some, you know, personal trauma, it changed to reflect the feelings of depression and, and sadness that she was dealing with. That had sort of become her mode of expression and her way of articulating her feelings through, you know, imagery. And I like what she had to say about wanting to make work that's accessible to all kinds of collectors, even if they don't have a lot of money, allowing everyone to find something that they can love and appreciate. That's such an important consideration to think about, and it's something that came up in my chat with Eric from Giant Robot a few episodes ago. 
giving new collectors a place to start and a a way to dip their toe in the water without completely breaking the bank. It's so vital from a sustainability perspective, for sure. But I think for me, uh, you know, I feel like it would be awfully fulfilling as well, just being able to make art available to people who may not otherwise have that opportunity. Being the reason that someone fell in love with art. I love that. So thanks again to Linnea for joining me today. And thank you for checking out the show. I'm truly grateful for your support. And just a reminder, one big way you can help out if you're really enjoying the show would be to check out the show's Patreon. You can find all the details on patreon.com slash artaffairs. And as always, you can contact me through my website at artaffairspodcast.com or on Instagram at artaffairspodcast. So until next time, be good to yourself and be good to each other. (laughs) 